Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you so much for joining in today, episode 221, with Mr. Rory Thompson. Uh, Rory uh, was an excellent AFL player with the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, he was there for the whole journey. Uh, come in, uh, it was they established in 2011 and retired at the end of last year. The last few years of his career, he only played, actually didn't play any games in the last four years. So uh, we're going to talk about the challenges of that, uh, what that sort of did to him mentally, uh, but also how he was able to sort of hang on and move through it and then finally um, finally surrender to uh, to being a retired AFL player and where he's going next in life. So um, I think the important um, you know, parts of this conversation will be uh, moving through those frustrations when our body's letting us down, uh, not being able to do the things that we're attached to or the identity we're attached to and uh, you know certainly finding other ways of, of living and, and other other forms of purpose outside you know what our career actually is uh, a lot of us get stuck in um, in our identity and um, you know whether we're a good sportsman or we're a good uh, employee or whatever it may be you know we we sort of hold a lot of pride in that and pride can be a real trap at the end of the day sometimes if we're not careful so I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat with Rory and take lots away from it uh, if you'd like to check out our website outbackmind.org.au if you'd like to uh, like to get us into the workplace or into your workplace and uh, have some motivation um, come into your team. We'd be uh, more than grateful to uh, have an opportunity to come and speak with your team about uh, mental health and uh, and uh, being able to thrive more in this lifetime. And I think believe, uh, I believe twenty thousand or twenty twenty three is going to be a pretty awesome year and a transformational year for many. So the more work we can do to support others, the better. So um, please jump on, check us out. If you'd like to support us, um, maybe leave a donation or if you'd like to give me some feedback on the podcast, we'd be really grateful as well. Just email support at outbackmind.org.au. G'day, Rory. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Very good. Uh, and uh, really appreciate you joining in. Uh, it's probably been an interesting few months for you since you've... Uh, I suppose moved away from from footy in its essence and been able to have a have a break and it sounds like you're sort of enjoying a bit of a, a quiet period at the moment. Yeah, no, life has changed a little bit, but I am enjoying um, a bit of peace and quiet, or as much as you can have around the house with a couple of kids. But um, no, it's been a great change so far, and I really really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, mate, mate, uh, more than grateful. I think we're going to have a really good chat here. That's it's going to go in lots of places, which would be really helpful for a lot of people. But uh, I'd like to know a bit about you as a young fellow. You were brought up sort of on the Gold Coast, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I was actually born on the Gold Coast. Um, not too many people have actually played for the Suns that are from the Gold Coast. Mm. But, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to be one of them and spend my whole career home, basically, which, um, yeah, has been pretty unique for people up in Queensland playing footy. Mate, uh, your old man was a reasonable footballer too, they tell me. Yeah, yeah, he um, played a, a lot of football down in country Victoria, down in Stall, a lot of my family's from. Mm-hmm. 
very different to the Gold Coast. And yeah, no, he played a bit down there. He did a lot of coaching as well up here. He coached me for a lot of my junior football as well. So, yeah. bit of a well known figure in the footy community up on the Gold Coast. Now, did he play for Southport? Is that right? Yeah, I played all my football for Southport before signing with the Suns. Yeah, and did your dad play there as well, or where was he involved with uh, on, on the Gold Coast? No, yeah, he played at Southport as well. Um, played a fair bit of footy there. He had a bit of a similar career to me um, as far as injuries. I think that's unfortunately where I got a lot of mine from. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he played a lot of footy at Southport and then, yeah, went into coaching as well. Now, mate, uh, being from Stall, I'm from just up the road to a place called Horsham. And, uh, yeah, the Stall-Horsham um, rivalry, was, uh, rivalry was pretty strong back in the day. I can't remember your dad, but um, I'm sure plenty of people listening uh, to this back in the Wimmera would. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that's a, well, it was a really strong football league, and obviously Country Victoria is you know, pretty, pretty strong with its footy. Um, do you have any um, memories of Stall? Did you ever go back there as a young fella? Um, yeah, I've only been down there once or twice and I was a lot younger. There's not, <laughs> there's not that much happening, especially back then when I was going down, but place and yeah, they definitely love their footy and yeah, that rivalry you're talking about, um, yeah, they get pretty passionate down in mm. those areas. And... Yeah, country footy's sort of changed quite a bit, uh, probably from when your dad was a young fella and I was, it was pretty much the, the thing to do, you know, every weekend. The whole town would go to the football and obviously the netball is involved as well. So it was a really part, uh, a big part of the community and the fabric of the community. And um, you know, things have changed quite a bit, but uh, it's still a really important part of the, you know, the, the culture down there. And, um, you know, I suppose this podcast is, um, is really uh, focused on helping guys in those regional areas um, you know, to, to learn from people like yourself, but also to, uh, you know, uh, improve their life, um, you know, whether it's personally or as a footballer or whatever that may be. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that your dad was from down there and um, obviously, um, yeah, made the big move to go to the Gold Coast when he was a young fella, mate. So um, it's good to hear. I'd really like to hear a bit more about your footy journey. You started off as a rugby player, is that right? Yeah, so growing up on the Gold Coast, um, especially, you know, back in the in the nineties, early two thousands, like AFL wasn't very big up here yet. We might get the odd, you know, little preseason game or something, but it's really a a rugby town and you know, my parents always wanted me to play AFL when I was young. They sort of tried to give me a gentle nudge in that direction. But all my friends and at school, um, all my mates all played rugby and I loved it. I was I was actually quite handy at it as well, so that's probably why I really enjoyed it and um, every year, my parents would try and get me to sign up to AFL, and I'd, you know, go train for a week and then quit and go back and play rugby with my mates. And yeah, I loved it. But luckily, I did eventually switch when I was about twelve years old because I think I was I was a bit too skinny to to stay there as everyone started getting a bit bigger. So I think it was a good decision to switch. So were you pretty tall back then, or just uh, just an average size? Um, probably yeah, a little bit tall, like nothing crazy, but I was pretty quick like I was really into my athletics when I was younger as well um sort of like a 100 to 400 meter events and so I played a bit of um five eighths and fullback playing rugby and yeah and I actually really loved it when I was young yeah mate so so obviously transitioning into footy um it probably took a, a couple of years to, to sort of get the hang of it all when was it when you started to you know I suppose 
be identified that you had some potential uh, to, to go further and when did you sort of start to feel confident within yourself that you could uh, could possibly go somewhere? Um, it happened probably surprisingly quick. Um, like I said, I was pretty handy at rugby and ended up one year finally switching and giving AFL a go for a year and you know, it was a bit weird um, transition. I didn't really know what I was doing out there. I was sort of just grabbing the ball and running with it like I was still playing rugby. And, but um, I think in my second year of playing AFL, I ended up um, making the Queensland team and that sort of got me into it a lot more, going through those different pathways. We did a trip up the Cairns and, you know, versus Victoria and South Australia and got to see some other good young footballers and that really piqued my interest in you know, for, for the next couple of years, I was, you know, making a few rep teams here and there. Um, I think I had a couple of years making the Queensland teams and one year where I missed out when I was about 15 or so and sort of a stage there where I was almost going to throw it away, actually. I was sort of getting into other things with my friends at school, as you do on the Gold Coast, getting into surfing and different things like that. And so almost started to lose a bit of interest in footy, but luckily... Yeah, I ended up sticking with it and played some decent footy when I was about 16, 17 and, yeah, ended up luckily enough to get picked up by the Sun. Mm, and I think there was a bit of interest from a, a, another club or two around the time, was there? Yeah, like I was never really going to be a high draft pick or anything like that. Um, even at the time, like growing up playing footy up here, you didn't even really see many people transition into the AFL like I suppose you would if you grew up in Victoria you would be surrounded by that whereas up here it was a bit harder to see a pathway into the AFL because you know there wasn't too many people getting picked up at the time obviously people like Nick Rewalt and stuff like that but mm. you know apart from that you didn't really notice it so um, I did have a couple of clubs that were interested but again I think I probably would have been you know almost around pick 100 or something if I went in the draft but I was sort of lucky enough to come in at a unique time where the Gold Coast Suns were looking like um, entering the AFL when they were getting their um, bid for a licence and I got a unique opportunity to choose whether to go in the draft or to, to be a Queensland zone selection and go straight to the Suns and after you know chat with my family and a few other people, um, yeah, I eventually made the decision to, to skip the draft and just sign directly with the Suns. Yeah, easy pathway, mate, and just up the road too. So uh, makes it uh, makes it a little bit more simpler when you've got a club in your, in your backyard like that. So good. Oh, yeah, you. yeah. No. What was it like back then when, when it was all like part of the, I suppose, the formation years and, and the hype around it all uh, sort of getting going as a club? Um, yeah, it was very strange looking back at it now. At the time, you know, everything sort of seemed, you know, pretty amazing. Like we didn't, have any real facilities yet there was an, um, an old stadium at Carrara and um, we were based out of there and we didn't have too much we you know we had a real sort of skeleton crew of staff um, we like our gym was just like a tiny little demountable had almost nothing in it you know a couple you know physiotherapists and massage therapists and not much else around there but as a young kid when you've never been around AFL facilities before like having this set up for you day in, day out, we, we thought was amazing. So, um, But, it, yeah, it took a few years before we got up to scratch with the rest of the competition. So I remember the first year they played in the VFL. Were you part of that back then or did you come the, the following year? Um, no, nah, so I was even before that. So when we first, the club first started in 2009, 
Um, we played in the TAC Cup. It was basically just our Queensland representative team that played as a TAC Cup team the whole year, and I was part of that. I think there was only maybe seven or nine of us that were actually signed with the Suns. The rest were just um, other kids in the area. Yeah. And so, we, yeah, we played in a TAC Cup that year, and then the following year in the VFL is when we started getting, um, you know, all those draft picks. We had a, a big bunch of, like, a really great crew of draft picks that year, and that's when it sort of ramped up into, you know, 2010 was a year to get ready for AFL for the whole club and the young players, and then 2011, um, yeah, we sort of jumped in with everyone else. Mm, it would have been amazing, but I I loved watching that sort of pro- process and just how it actually unfolded, and um, I guess most Australians have got a connection with the Gold Coast, so there was a lot of interest in it, you know, and... Um, we're all like I was interested to see interested to see who the who the young blokes were that were going to fall off the perch and just sort of take the uh, the surfing route and and, <laughs> and have have footy second in their life sort of thing. But um, from what I observed, that most players you know were, were pretty disciplined and they were all sort of uh, committed to um, to to the club and actually getting things um, you know moving ahead. And um, I believe you know that that sort of first you know period was was quite good for you and there's a lot of. Um, a lot of interest and excitement around it. What was it like as a player once you sort of started to, um, you know, hit the AFL? Did you play in the first game that the Gold Coast played in the AFL or did you sort of come into it a bit later? Um, no, I didn't come into it in the first game. I came in, I believe, around 16 I made my debut. Mm-hmm. So I spent most of the year playing um, in the seconds. But it was, yeah, it was super exciting as a young player, um, our first year in the AFL because we had obviously such a, a really young list that it just uh, had the feeling that, you know, anyone could be playing. And whereas if you're a young kid going to an AFL club, you know, you're probably, unless you're a really high draft pick, you know, you're not much of a chance of jumping straight into the AFL team. So it, it was really exciting just having this feeling that, you know, all these young kids, we could all be playing together. Um, yeah, but it was definitely a steep learning curve because what comes with that as well is we didn't have you know, a structure and a culture of a successful AFL club to lean on. We were sort of creating it ourselves as a bunch of young kids and, you know, a couple couple coaches and a couple older players that, you know, looking back now, they had a really hard job on their hands of um, trying to get everyone ready for AFL as quick as they can. So it was really exciting, but we were probably all a bit naive with that as well, I think, at that age. Mm, it was really good to watch and... Obviously, Gary Ablett being involved was um, was a, a focal point of it all. What was it like having him around uh, as a player and, uh, and also, uh, I suppose, an individual around the club? Yeah, that was like something amazing. Like I'm so grateful to be able to have played a bunch of footy with Gaz. Um, remember at the time when, when they announced he was coming up here, like, yeah, it was just like pretty mind-blowing and just getting to see the way he goes about things and, you know, he's a bit of a... A different individual he does things his own way he's never really done things you know just by the book whatever everyone else does he's always done his own research and looked into different ways and alternative ways to get himself better and mm. it was very interesting watching how he goes about you know his business especially in the off season and the pre-season and um but mainly just being able to play with him on field was just yeah it was something truly really special like i i think he's the best player to ever play afl and getting to watch him live so many games where, you know, we'd just be, we'd be struggling and just to see him, you know, turn it on and the things he could do was, yeah, it's just crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Mm, yeah, mate. You know, just 
Also, one thing for me back then, it actually stood out to me just how hard of a worker he was. You know, none of this sort of happened by coincidence. He he put the work in, and when you put the work in and do the extra distance um, you know, off the field, the on-field stuff becomes a little bit easier because you know your work capacity is a lot, uh, a lot stronger. And um, it just seemed to me that when I watched him train and saw, you know, uh, footage of him training, he, he's put everything into that. And um, obviously when you do that, uh, when it's uh, real-time type stuff, uh, it uh, just becomes second nature. Yeah, and that's something I thought was interesting, watching him, like, before he came to the club, you know, he's, he's obviously such an amazing player and he's got this incredible highlights package and so I've sort of assumed his training and the way he goes about things would be quite flashy, but... One thing a lot of us learned from him and what he used to always preach was, you know, just do the basics, like, sort of better than everyone else as best you can, and that's really how he trained as well. It was, it was nothing flashy. Um, he just did all the basic stuff, like, as good as he could, tried to be better than everyone else, and then at game day, that sort of, you know, let that extra stuff come, that extra flash and different things of brilliance that he would do, but... That was all on the back of just, yeah, doing the basics better than everyone else. So that was um, something really interesting to learn. Yeah, mate. Um, look, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you've got to be really grateful for, for an opportunity to have a guy like that. And I really admire him for, you know, taking that plunge and, and, and committing to that and also transitioning back to, to where he come from in Geelong. I just think it was a nice, um, a nice end to his career and, um, you know, He's um, he's done some amazing things on and off the field, and I just think his self discipline is probably the, the the key to it all. You look at um, you know his dad. His dad was an unbelievable player, um, you know, and and Gary, uh, you know, certainly um, would have seen some highs and lows of his dad's life, and um, you know, to his credit, he uh, he was able to you know, keep himself motivated and strong and disciplined, and um, obviously, you know, the results come. But it's interesting how you know our upbringing can. Um, can play a big influence on our career and uh, if we've got positive uh, things going on in our life we can usually follow that but when you've got a bit of uh, mixture uh, you know it's it's quite easy to uh, to fall into um, I suppose the the, the, the the less positive lifestyle behaviors too but um, you know he, he, he obviously showed some some good mental courage and uh, and uh, obviously good uh, good I suppose self-discipline throughout um, you know his time with the sons. Yeah, for sure. He was such a great leader for us young boys. Um, obviously, being the captain at the time as well, he was very much a lead by example type of player and person on and off the field. So he obviously, like, you know, looking back at it now, probably didn't realise at the time, but the amount of work and pressure he would have been under coming up and signing with the Suns, you know, he wasn't just a, a normal player going about his business week in, week out. He had such an extra load to carry, trying to grow the game up here, extra commitments. Obviously, the spotlight he constantly has on himself as well um and just the way he was able to handle himself and also perform at the same time um yeah he's he's a pretty special individual mm, amazing mate uh yeah good uh good friend of ours on the podcast jared harbrow was uh, in amongst it obviously as well and um uh you know he he obviously spoke about uh you know gary being a a, a big influence on his career what was jared like as a as a guy to have around the club as a player and a friend yeah, Harb's just a great fella. Um, he's been, oh, we've been so lucky at the Suns to have him for so long. Um, he's obviously a good young footballer when he came over from the Bulldogs, but um, apart from the on-field, you know, being able to play alongside of him, his bravery and his on-field leadership and things like that, it was probably more the, 
the cultural stuff around the club where Harbs had a big impact on myself and the rest of the playing group. Um, he was just such a, a good leader and role model off the field and, you know, puts in so much work into other things outside of football to help other people. And, um, yeah, no, he's a great bloke. I'm really, really glad I got to play a lot of footy with him. Did you play in the game up in Cairns where Carmichael Hunt kicked the goal after the siren? No, unfortunately I was injured at the time and sitting at home in a moon boot watching that one, but yeah. no, that was pretty special. I would have loved to have been up there. Mm, yeah, that was amazing to watch, mate. Tell Can't me, forget Harbs was the one who um, kicked the goal before that, I think, to set that up, so got to yeah. make sure we give some credit to Harbs. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he certainly let us know about that, that's for sure, so... <laughs> um, mate, um, so so coming through your career, obviously you you had a few injuries early, and and you sort of it was around, maybe around two thousand and fourteen. You you got to play a full season. Uh, do you remember that sort of go well? And what what were some of the better experiences you had as as, as a player? Uh, I suppose in the better games you had. Do you, do you recall those? Yeah, so those early years, um, you know, twenty eleven, I made my debut in that first year and played the last seven or eight games, I think, and that was actually pretty um, weird and interesting experience for me debuting like that because I was actually a forward at the time and um, I was playing VFL and wasn't playing too well and I remember about halfway through the year sitting down with um, Ken Hinckley and Sean Hart and they sat me down before a game and basically said, look, um, you, you know, you're not travelling that well up forward and we've got a lot of, a lot of draft picks coming up this year and a lot of good key position players that we're looking at and you know we're not we're really not sure if there's going to be a spot for you on the list next year unless something changes you know in the last few games of the season basically and um that sort of you know rattled me a little bit and I remember a week or two later Sean Hart gave me a call the night before a game and said look um do you want to have a, a try down back and just change things up see how you go for a week and I was bit shocked. I'd never played down back before, but I said, yeah, why not? I'll give it a crack and played down back and didn't know what I was doing, but had a good game and the following week played down back again and had another good game. And then the third week, um, yeah, I was debuting at full back and not really knowing what was going on. <laughs> but um, yes, that was actually a pretty interesting experience just getting into the AFL playing down back, having never done it before. And then obviously, yeah, I had a had it all right next few seasons. Um, still had a few little injuries along the way that broke it up a little bit, but getting into that 2013, 2014 seasons in particular, um, I think I was able to take the next step in my, in my football and you know have some top five BNF finishes and I think the, the under-22 All-Australian team and things like that. And So that was, um, yeah, really, really good for myself who never really thought I was even going to get into the AFL to... To start to see things progress that way and start to feel more confident as a you know as an AFL footballer and feel like I, I deserve to be there. Amazing, mate. Oh, I think from memory, the Gold Coast had a pretty good fullback uh, when they started. Was it Richard Champion or, or someone uh, back in the day? Uh, had Nathan Bock. Nathan Bock. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He would have been a good uh, good mentor for you, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the favourite people I've played with, Bocky. Um, just, yeah, again, the way he went about things. He was such a great leader at the club as well. He, he spoke so well and was really encouraging of us young boys and gave us a lot of confidence. And, yeah, he, he was a big reason why I feel like I was able to make that step into the AFL. Mm, 
amazing, mate. So you had, uh, like, so sort of 2014 through for a few years, you did pretty well. And then then you, you hit uh, probably 2018 maybe and, and you got injured and um, that was a, like a full year out. Is that right? You had to ha- have the whole year off. And I don't think you, you might have played a game sort of since then. Yeah, so played up until the, the 2018 season. I actually played and, and had a really good season. Um, I think I was probably the best chance I had at winning a BNF was that year and ended up getting injured the last few games of the season and um, Harbs ended up winning that year. <laughs> and um, so I was coming off the back of, yeah, Call from Mark. pre-season off the back of that as well. And, you know, I was looking like things again might be able to take the next step in my career and a lot of positivity around the club. And then, yeah, um, I was also... Just coming out of contract at the end of 2019 as well. So, start of that 2018 season, I was in contract talks as well with the club about signing a, a long term deal, and everything was looking really good. And I think we just played our first pre season game against the Western Bulldogs, and we'd come back for main training. And I was, I was actually supposed to announce that day that I was going to be signing a. Um, of a, a new long-term deal. I hadn't actually signed a contract yet, but I was supposed to announce it to the media and I was even supposed to be mic'd up for training, but I'm a bit of a shy guy and politely declined that request to wear the microphone, probably luckily, because, um, yeah, that training session ended up just in a pretty low-key drill trying to tackle someone and, um, yeah, tore my ACL. Um, yeah, sort of the day I was supposed to announce my contract extension, so that was... Um, a really scary day. <laughs> oh, true. When was that? The end of 2018? Yes, yeah, so that was the start of 2019. That would have been in probably late Feb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just before and, the start um, of the season. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that was a pretty scary experience having, yeah, just torn my ACL and not knowing what's going on. Like, I thought I was about to sign a long term deal at the Suns and now. You know, I was freaking out that that's going to be taken off the table and, you know, life's going to be heading in a different direction. And, um, yeah, that was pretty challenging. But luckily, um, yeah, the club were really good and approached me that day and said, like, yeah, look, everything's still going to go ahead as normal. Like, don't worry about this. We'll, we'll get through it. And, um, so that eased, eased the nerves a bit, but it was a, a pretty um, stressful day, I could say that. So you, you sort of pretty much had the whole year in rehab, is that right? Did you try and get back on the field or did you, did you think you had a chance of, uh, of playing again or was it pretty much the whole, the whole year written off? Um, no, it was pretty much the whole year written off. Um, you know, speaking to the high-performance managers at the club, you know, they said ACLs generally can take about 9 to 12 months, but, um, you know, 12 months is, is a bit more realistic, especially if you want to make sure you can, um, you know, get it as good as possible, so... Ended up having the, yeah, missing that whole season and um, had a few niggles along the way as well. Um, a few little hiccups with my knee that delayed it a few extra months. So it got pushed out until probably over halfway through the next season as well. So it was probably a year and a half out with that first ACL. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and did you, uh, did you like come good as far as your rehab is concerned and, and try and get back on the field or was it something that, um, that sort of triggered up and flared up again? Um, yeah, so it took a long time to get back to being able to, 
to play again. Like I said, it took about a year and a half and just a few different little niggles along the way, a few little clean-outs in my knee that would, you know, kept delaying things. And I think uh, just I was supposed to get back to almost playing at the start of that 20, um, 2021 season, 2020 season, sorry, and I just hurt my meniscus and had to get a little clean out in my meniscus in my in my good knee actually, and and um, and then about a month later I played my first practice game, which was a pretty you know big deal and a good achievement to get back to playing. And next week played my second practice game. I was only playing about half a game of footy, just getting eased into it. And I remember I was just running and went to collect the footy and just felt a little crunch in my in my good knee and. Just jogged off thinking oh, I must have just stirred up that meniscus I heard again um, a few a few weeks earlier and ended up getting a phone call I think a couple of days later after the doctors had um, looked at the scans and said oh yeah sorry but I think you've actually um, torn your other ACL so Shit. that was a yeah a massive blow coming off um, a year and a half of rehab and playing you know basically half a game of footy and tearing my other ACL. Amazing, mate. Do you think it's um, like we're able to sort of keep yourself fit, I suppose, while you're off um, through through other forms of exercise, or do you think your lower body primarily because it doesn't get the work, it becomes weakened, and when you sort of have to, you know, move three sixty degrees and that sort of thing, uh, these sorts of triggers start to occur. It's interesting. I've always been interested in. Um, you know, in guys doing, you know, both sides of their body like that, when one's been triggered, the other the other gets triggered. What what sort of do you reckon caused it? Uh, I'm not sure there's anything actually that caused it, but um, I was told pretty much straight away in my rehab after I tore my first ACL that once you tear one ACL, the likelihood of tearing your other one um, becomes significantly higher for whatever reason. It's a bit strange, but um, so a lot of my rehab was actually based around, you know, obviously rehabbing my injured leg, but making sure my, my good leg was as strong as possible as well because of that, that risk of hurting other knee does go up. So. Mm. I did have a good year and a half of, you know, a lot of intense training and cross-training and massive amount of gym work on my legs. Um, so I think I'd done everything to prepare my body, but it was just some little subtle movement. It wasn't even anything big. It was just a non-contact change of direction and just done, for some reason, yeah, just unlucky. It, it just goes on the own. It's mm. kind of, um, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a weird sensation when that happens as well because it's, having gone through one already and it's all of a sudden just do one little subtle movement you feel a something in your knee and then you know you've got a a year and a half of rehab ahead of you again so it's um yeah almost would rather it had been a big incident where you know someone crashed over my leg or something and i knew what i'd done instead of having to go through all that work just because of no reason really Amazing, mate. So, so obviously you, you knew then there was going to be another sort of year and a half off. Um, that would have taken you to the end of the through to the end of the two thousand and twenty one season, probably. Um, um, how did you keep yourself motivated through that period? Yeah, that was really difficult. Like going through my first ACL, I'd never gone through a really long term injury like that. I've had lots of um, lots of smaller injuries, but never anything quite like that. And that was a big learning experience, um, you know, trying to stay motivated and how how to deal with and get the most out of yourself during that time. 
also get pulled pulled away in a lot of different directions when you're going through something like that because um, it's a long time just to be in your own head worrying about your injury. So, mm. you know, you're trying to do different things, you know, off the field, whether that's study or trying to help out with some coaching or, you know, a lot of different things which, um, which definitely help. But it's also quite tricky um, to navigate as well when you haven't gone through that before. So, and staying motivated was, um, you know, like a big thing for me was just... I was doing a lot of training by myself, I guess, like on those main training days. I'm, I'm in the gym, which overlooks the training oval. And, you know, I'm pretty much in there by myself, just looking out at the field of all the coaches and, the, you know, the players and everyone just, you know, doing some hard training, having a lot of fun. And, you know, I was just sort of sitting in the gym, listening to music, doing my rehab. And so one of the major, yeah, ways to stay motivated was just watching that and just wanting to get back out there and, you know, be part of the group and part of that you know, your little community at the footy club because you sort of start to feel isolated when you're constantly, you know, not you're part of the group but not part of the group at the same time. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, key key thing there is, you know, as humans we've got to have that collaboration and when we're feeling separate it can, it can be a real, a real detriment to our mental health too, you know. Did you find yourself going through sort of st- stages of self-doubt and depression and those sorts of things through those periods? Yeah, it's definitely... Um, a real roller coaster going through something like that, especially going through back to back ACLs with, you know, not really getting any any time to play in between those. So um, there was definitely yeah, a lot of lows during that time and it definitely comes from that that feeling of being left out, you know, um, mm. having so many years of being part of that community and that camaraderie with your teammates that you have doing all those hard sessions together and the bonding you have and then all of a sudden you're you're on the outer and, you know, you're, you're still there every day, but you're not really part of the group. And there was definitely times where I found that, you know, really challenging. I sort of, you know, felt like I was losing my identity a bit, not being able to, um, you know, play with my teammates. And then also once I leave the club, not being able to do, you know, the things I love, which is, you know, going out in the boat fishing and going surfing and stuff like that. So mm. it was, um, yeah, it was really, really challenging for me personally and it, it was hard a lot of times to find the motivation at the club to to put in the work each day but um mm. you know i was, did yeah obviously managed to find different ways to to deal with that and and it was a bit of a learning curve over those few years to to work out how to best deal with that mate um interesting because what happens is is yeah that that, that feeling of isolation is is really really uh challenging and um Certainly, uh, you know, you were obviously in a relationship then and uh, with your wife and uh, I suppose you would have had a child on the way possibly. Did she help you through the period or did you find yourself um, like not being able to communicate with her or was that sort of an easy process for you when you were, when you were going through those mixed emotions? Did you have other support networks um, outside that could help you through when you were struggling, uh, I suppose, mentally a little bit? Yeah, I've always like like most men, I've always been someone who, you know, keeps their feelings to themselves quite a bit, especially when you're feeling down about things. So um, that was, and my partner, you know, was really big on the communication side of things and talking about all that, and she was a great help to me. Um, Going through that first ACL, um, yeah, she was incredible looking after me. And, you know, you do have a lot of different avenues and resources, um, you know, whether it's, you know, sites at the club or you know you can source your own people to talk to and obviously friends and family and things like that but 
um, yeah, apart from my partner, I did find it difficult to to reach out to other people and to really talk about it. And that's something I've really learned over the last couple of years is, is how important that is and that can be and how much it can really help whatever you're going through is to, to reach out to people and open up and talk about it because it does, you know, take the weight off your shoulders a lot and can be a really hard thing to do. But once you sort of, you know, dive into it, it um, yeah, you definitely start to see the benefits. It is. You're right, mate. And it's interesting because... Yeah, I went through it. I'm sure nine out of ten guys go through it. Uh, you know, you 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 close in and uh, and you you're so afraid of being vulnerable. And uh, I know my wife, um, you know, took on a lot of my stuff, and uh, probably wasn't her job to do that. You know, but um, but certainly, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose a big part of um, your, your learning throughout the throughout the end of your career was obviously the ability to be able to speak to others um, openly and honestly. And I think. Um, that's that's unfortunately for for guys it's not part of our makeup to 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 be able to want to do that freely and uh or to be able to be open and honest about it and um i just think that actually is is such a a hidden gem with regards to our personal development and our personal growth to be able to step into that space because that courage to step into that 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 space is is challenging but as you know you know when you're challenged that's when all the growth comes and if you don't sort of you know challenge yourself and you sort of keep um, knocking on the door but not walking through it uh, that's when um, you know we we, we we basically hit our challenges mentally ourselves but the growth uh, is on the other side of the door when you're, you're brave enough to be able to you know step up and, and walk through it I guess yeah yeah that's it and I think the hardest bit is actually you know that initiating it you know you as men, we sort of, you know, we're probably thinking about doing the right things and going to talk to someone and opening up, but we, we just don't quite do it. And that pressure and that those negative feelings, you know, you can just keep building and building and building. And and then once you actually, you know, you do do something about it and you do talk to one to to someone, um, you know, it, then everything gets a bit easier after that. It's sort of just making that initial step to do something is is definitely the hardest, I think. But mm. once you can push yourself to get through that um it's definitely a lot easier yeah for sure yeah you're right mate it's um yeah look i think that that's you know certainly something that uh that is evolving and, and changing like i um I, I run the men's circles and that sort of stuff and and a lot of the guys that you know sort of are feeling ambivalent to come there you know once twice and then they start to open up and um i just think it's just like seeing Seeing someone release um, release so much emotion that's uh, that's caught inside, and, and it's not healthy for us to do that. Uh, and you know, having the the lived experience yourself, and you know, similar to myself uh, of knowing what it feels like to be able to move through that is um, is really brave and, and key. But it's it's also part of uh, being able to to feel the full spectrum of emotions, um, you know, openly and honestly, and and. Be emotionally mature, you know. I don't think we're emotionally mature as guys. We um, we miss out on these things that um, that, that we seem as being um, weak, but uh, primarily they're they're not. And uh, you know, it's it's unfortunately part of our upbringing. And you know, your dad's upbringing in stall, he would have brought that a lot of a lot of that into to yourself possibly. And you know, it goes back generation after generation. A lot of that thinking, but I just think we're in a a really important moment in time where we can start to. Um, you know, help ourselves through this, but also to be able to help the next generations coming through. And you know, obviously, you've got young kids now, and I think they're going to be so much better and, and more aware as they they grow and, and develop and get older. If you're able to, 
you know, encourage these sorts of behaviours more and more. Uh, that that that's um, that's so important as a as a as a father and a, and a male role model in life. Would you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, definitely through my experiences through football, I've seen a massive culture shift in those spaces. And early days, if um, you know, I don't even think we had a club psych. And then once we they started introducing that, um, it was sort of like, oh, if you're going to, you know speak to him or her then you know something's wrong with you and it was sort of looked as yeah like i guess a weakness and um but over the years that's changed so much and that role is now so highly valued that you know if you're speaking to someone like that it's definitely a strength and you see it that way and um yeah like now it's definitely been a flip in the culture at football as i've seen that's for sure and that's for me that's so great like it's such a a thing that um, us men in particular really need and so if we can keep keep things going in that direction and keep that becoming more the norm um, yeah I think that's really important for sure mate and yeah like just just what I mentioned before like generation before generation it was it was the opposite you know but this this period now I think is really helping us um, you know make that shift it's it's so important you know move, moving ahead I, I reckon for sure so you know, there's still a bit of uh, stuck thinking, um, you know, but the more, the more we can have these conversations and talk about it, uh, you know, there are, there are guys that, that mask their emotions, um, you know, really well and hide their emotions really well. It's easy to do that with booze and other things, but, you know, really underneath that, there is some things that need to get out. So, you know, what you did was tremendous, mate, and I really congratulate you. And you need to be proud of yourself for that, you know, uh, to be able to move through, um, you know, and move through the career that you had, um, you know, with some some form of, uh, you know, uh, I suppose, um, you know, joy with what you were able to achieve. And as I mentioned to you before we got chatting today, um, I, I think uh, being part of that club and, and probably not having the on-field success that you needed or wanted um, you know, it was probably irrelevant with regards to the um, the personal journey you had, and also the ability to be able to be part of something which is you know really unique and part of uh, the potential culture of the Gold Coast moving forward. And you know, to be able to be part of a foundation of something like that, mate, I think that's so much more powerful than having a medal around your neck or um, or anything like that, possibly. Yeah, like it definitely wasn't the journey I, env- I envisioned. Um you know, when I first started playing football and how I would have wanted, you know, at the time my career to have gone. But um, it has, you know, it's my own journey and I'm really proud of it. And I've had so many special moments and, you know, and growing as a person these last, you know, sort of four or five years, having gone through what I've gone through um, with football. um, And I'm actually, like, really, really glad and proud of myself how I've come out and, you know, I've learned so many life lessons and, you know, so many character building, you know, moments I've gone through that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And, you know, I've definitely as a person grown so much. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty pretty lucky to still have gone through what I've gone through. Even though I've had, you know, a lot of bad injuries and stuff because, yeah, I've just learned so many good life lessons and things like that. So, yeah, it's been a great journey. Amazing, mate. So tell me, you've, you've been sort of um, out of the club or out of the game for maybe four or five months now. What's, what's happened over that period and what's sort of holding in for you as far as the, the next journey uh, moving forward? Yeah, so I've been enjoying some time off now, which has been, you know, really amazing. I've, you know, I've been stuck with footy 
for such a long period of time and that's consumed so much of my life and especially the last sort of four or, four or so years um, going through all that rehab, you know, that sort of chewed into all my holiday time and things like that and, you know, fortunately that sort of tied into my wife as well and, and my young kids, we've missed out on doing so much because I've had to put in so many extra hours of my rehab and, and physically haven't been able to do all the things I'd want to be able to do. So at the moment, just been enjoying making up for lost time really. Um, had a, a bit of a unique opportunity to, to finish football and pretty comfortably and be able to enjoy some time off as a family and we're really just making the most of that. We live in a, a great place here on the Gold Coast and we live um, right by Tullabudgera Creek which is such a beautiful, beautiful spot and mm. we pretty much just walk down there twice a day and swim and when I can, you know, get out surfing and fishing and um, yeah, just sort of living a really nice relaxing life until you know, things start to pick up again. Mm, that's it. Do you do you have any ambitions moving forward as far as, uh, you know, staying in the AFL or moving into something totally different? And I reckon, mate, that's the thing we need to be able to, to explore, doing what we're passionate about. So finding something, you know, through this period that you really love to do and then maybe building a career about around that. Is that something you've thought about, doing something that you really love? Yeah, for sure. Like it's it's pretty hard for professional athletes to, um, you know, while they're in their career to to focus on, you know, what they're going to do after after their sporting career. And seeing so many different people from my time at football who have, um, you know, done well, and other people who you know have struggled when they finish football. And you know, I'm definitely one of those people that, you know, I look back over my career and you know wish I I had to put a bit more time. An effort into um, what I'll be doing post football, but you know, over the next couple of years, I'll, I'll still have a role um, at the Gold Coast Suns, and you know, it won't be too much of a football role. It'll probably be a bit more um, corporate work and things like that. But I'm pretty happy to, you know, keep my connection there and still be a part of the club in some way. And and um, yeah, I've also just been trying to explore other areas that I I might be interested in. Um, like I said, I've just focused so much on football and rehab throughout you know, my career that I've sort of put a lot of that stuff on the back burner and it's a bit of an interesting and exciting time for me at the moment to, um, you know, start to think about other opportunities and careers that I'll be interested in and, you know, like you said, I'm um, trying to find something as well that, you know, isn't just work but you're actually passionate about as well. So, um, like I mentioned before, I really love my, my fishing and surfing and things like that. So, um, probably at the moment, you know, just exploring some things around, you know, fishing charters and different things like that. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the next few years, um, yeah, what comes. How it unfolds, mate. Well, my advice is to not force it and just to allow it. Uh, if you've got that intention, then usually um, uh, that will that will unfold into something, you know. And, uh, and one of the traps we fall into is chasing income and all those sorts of things. But if you've got a genuine passion about something and you really enjoy it, then the income will... Uh, Will follow and um, yeah, mate. I think you're in, in a really good position if you've got the ability to be able to stay connected with the club and, and still you know have a job there and, and be part of something moving forward. That's that's tremendous. And you know, I really look forward to seeing you know the next part of your journey. And uh, I'm sure um, you know the best is yet to come for you. Uh, you know, you, you've had this uh, this great 11 years, and uh, it's been able to uh, give you a bit of a springboard into life moving forward and uh, you know having a young family and all that and being in the position you're in mate um, you, you've really got to be proud of yourself and, and be grateful for the opportunity that you've been given and 
uh, mates. Um, yeah, I just think um, for, from what you mentioned there, you know, there, there's some key things that you can help a lot of other young men with as well, possibly. So, you know, really, really, um, really look forward to seeing what's next, mate. And um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I just hope that uh, the Gold Coast can actually have some success on the field. And that'll be a bit of a testament for what you've done and some of the other guys have done, you know, to help them uh, to get to where they are now. No, yeah, for sure. I'm sure that on-field success is coming. There's such a great group of people there now and that club's grown so much over the last, you know, 10 or so years and I think they're really ready to to take the next step and there'll be a few of us older boys sitting back enjoying a few beers, hopefully watching them play finals footy next year. Do you think they're close? Oh, absolutely. Um, Personally, I'd be pretty shocked if they weren't playing finals this year. Like, Like I said, they've got such a great group and you know, just a great support network around that playing group at the moment where it just really has that feel of a, a successful AFL club. And I've seen, I've heard a lot of people say that over the last, yeah, 10 or so years at the club, but I can genuinely say, yeah, um, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a Suns fan. Mm, amazing, mate. Well, I might have to get myself a membership. Um, I did uh, I did flip. I've been a lifetime uh, Bulldog supporter, and I think it was 2012 I uh I changed the Suns for a year, and then, <laughs> then I went back to the Bulldogs. <laughs> so I might have to keep uh, closer on them, mate. So um, yeah, it's never too late to jump over, mate. No, that's true. That's true. But uh, mate, I'm I'm really grateful for the chat, and um, yeah, just uh, yeah, look out to 2023, mate. I think there's some awesome things going to happen, um, you know, for Rory and uh, and everything else around you. And um, yeah, mate. Um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can catch up again soon. No worries, that sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on today as well.